privilege of sharing with you, and I'm going to keep it really short and sweet and very simple this morning. Morning. We're so used to saying morning, aren't we, this afternoon, getting later in the afternoon. Wasn't it a fantastic morning, though? Just the sun out. Oh, man, it was so lovely. I got out with the kids, and even though it was so cold, it was actually quite warm with the sun shining down on us. I've been thinking about storms this week, the last few weeks. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> Every year has storms, but 2021 has been a year of crazy, unlike most of us have seen, especially here in BC. Started with the heat wave, and then we had wildfires and flooding, and we had mass evacuations. Panic purchasing, where the stores were emptied out. Restricted travel. All these things have created a sense of the bizarre. Uh, kind of on repeat, feels like, this year, with slight variations. And then we have a pandemic through all of that as well. Heightening political polarizations, tensions in families causing sickness and sometimes even death um, amongst those that we know dearly and love. And just in the past few weeks, we lost Jim Howling and also Charity's brother Dave um, to COVID. It's landed really closely for us here in this community. This has not been an easy year, has it? And that comes after an especially challenging 2020. And as we come to the close of 2021, I wonder, quite honestly, my God, what will 2022 bring? <laughs> what will next year bring? Personally, I've experienced a profound sense of dis-ease with the fragility of our systems and even the fragility in some of our relationships that the pandemic and everything that's unfolded this year has exposed. But I've also experienced a growing awareness, I think in myself, of the strength of community locally here and even globally, and the beauty of knowing that my neighbors near and far have the capacity to astound me with their generosity. I don't know if you guys have felt that or experienced that as well. I've found the layers of stress in my day-to-day -day life to be taxing. It's one thing to manage my own heart as I parent my precious children, who sometimes stretch me beyond what's comfortable, to say the least. It's another thing to navigate difficult conversations regarding hot topic issues with people within my own family and beyond. I imagine you can all identify with me on that one. It's another again to come alongside friends and family that are walking through severe crises 
maybe due to their health or finances or marriage issues or other problems. But to do all of these things on any given day when macro issues such as freak weather patterns due to climate change are unfolding or there is yet another shift in government policy around COVID protocols that comes down the pipeline, this is taxing to my own personal equilibrium in ways that I'm not sure I've wrestled with until this season. Has anyone felt some of this sense of taxing to a, or your well-being? And this is not to say that I've been challenged any more than any of you here today. And in fact, I think due to the tremendous support systems that I have in my day-to-day -day life, not to mention what seems honestly just like random luck, I feel like I've experienced actually so little angst and upset compared to many here in our province and then just here in our community too. But I do think it's important to recognize the challenge of living in this moment in history and the accumulative stressors in my life presently. Some of you know that I've begun a spiritual direction course. On this journey, I've been learning a little bit more about contemplative spirituality. As I grew up in a really charismatic stream of Christianity, much of what I'm learning is brand new to me. Even within our vineyard movement, many of us are unfamiliar with the deep and rich history of contemplative practices within the church. I hope as I learn some of these things that I'm able to share with you some of the treasures that I find along the way. But for now, I feel like I'm just beginning to dip my spiritual toes into the deep pools of contemplation. For the past year and a half, I've met via Zoom with a, a spiritual director who's a beautiful lady who lives in New York. She has roots in the vineyard, and she's in her 70s, and she's just this wealth of wisdom, and she's just down to earth and a joy to spend time with. This last week, we had another session together, and to begin, we turned our attention to the manger scene. We took time to behold Christ as a newborn. He was just nestled in a feeding trough. I was deeply impacted by the sense of calm, of stillness, of peace that I found there. I sense an invitation in this season to each of us to come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ, the newborn King to come close, to draw near, to pay attention, to focus intently, and to slow down, way, way down. 
for each one of us to just linger with baby Jesus. Can we read together this story that each of you know so well? But let's read it together from Luke's Gospel in Luke 2. Who would like to come up here and give me a break? Do some reading. Yeah, there you go. You can take your mask off for a moment, too. Thanks, Bruce. At that time, the Roman Emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancestral home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. Highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angels had said to them among the ch about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherd went, shepherds went back to their flock, glorifying and praising God for all they, they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them.
I realize that's a long passage and there's a lot there. As I was considering that Christmas story, what was striking me was the chaos all around that central moment of Christ's birth. The world was in upheaval, but so were the individual people involved. I I was identifying some of the elements of madness in our world right now in the Christmas story. There was political unrest, forced forced movements of masses of people, scarcity of accommodations and services and basic necessities. There is a swirl in this story that feels like it mirrors the swirl in my own life and certainly in the world around me. Joseph and Mary are searching. It says the shepherds are hurrying. The wise men are seeking. The king, which we didn't address in this passage, but King Herod is calling meetings, various meetings. He's up in arms. And the movement of it all, even the wonderful movement of the angels in all their glory, The movement of it all is like a mirror to the swirl around me and inside of me sometimes. But then it felt to me like it all just stops. There's a baby and there's a manger. And that's all. That's all that matters. Time just stands still for a moment. And I can imagine that stillness. Jesus, still. I can imagine Joseph and Mary, exhausted and thrilled, stilled. The shepherds, panting probably, out of breath and exuberant, stilled. The wise men, when they came, relieved and reverent, stilled. And when I pondered that baby in the manger, I found that my own soul, which was full of flurry, stilled. He is here. He's here. I thought, you know, Jesus is the eye of our storms. He's that place in the center of it all where the world can stop and time can stand still. And it is well with my soul. I can find him, just like the shepherds and the wise men did. Sometimes it seems like it takes more searching than other times. Not because Jesus is far away or in a remote place, but often because of my own soul location, my own tendency to hide or turn away from or just honestly to wander off on my own. 
my own swirl. This Christmas, I want to invite you to draw near to baby Jesus, to come and gaze at his face, to behold your king. May Jesus Christ be the center, the calmer of our storms, the restorer of our peace, and the deliverer of our weary, stressed hearts. May nothing get in the way as we journey, even in the day-to-day moments, in the midst of our crazy Christmas busyness, as we journey to the cradle of Christ. May all else grow dim in the presence of the one the one who is our all in all. And so I felt really strongly this morning that we need to take just a wee bit of time and pray with one another and just allow the Spirit of God, the presence of God, to come and meet with us as we gaze upon Jesus. Jesus.